0: Hi, friend, welcome back to the Everyday Evangelist. I'm Jessica Dudek, Director of Evangelization at Christ the King Catholic Church in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and this is your landing ground for practical tips and tools for sharing the faith in the day to day. Today, we're talking about Christian community, the opportunities they're in, and some of the classic pitfalls that we face. So, first off, why do we need Christian community in the first place? Well, to put it very simply, Christian community gives us an opportunity to put our faith in context of our daily lives. When we first come to Jesus, or if we have a big turning point in our faith, let's say we encounter the Holy Spirit for the first time, we need someone or a group of people to come alongside us and help us translate the supernatural experiences into how we live. Sometimes this is very obvious if we have to make major changes in our lives, whether that's moving away maybe from addictions or from unhealthy relationships, but other times it's more subtle changes, like in addressing other bad habits that maybe are sinful, but aren't quite as obvious to us. Um, Good holy community, good friends that surround us help us grow in holiness by kind of smoothing the rough edges of our lives, or sometimes helping us get to the source of issues like even selfishness or pessimism or discouragement, um, good holy Christian community gives us that space to process the hard things, to be seen, to be received, to be loved, and to take the truths of the gospel and apply them to our everyday lives, our more regular, consistent relationships, and live out our faith holistically. So with that, Christian community gives us an opportunity for holistic Growth. You know, we grow spiritually in our knowledge of God and our understanding of the scripture. Um, Or in our experience of living out a relationship with the Holy Spirit, community gives us all of those things. But we also grow as people from our relationships with each other. And when we have good people surrounding us, you know that holiness is going to beget holiness. And so that'll play out in our families, in our work, um, in our discernment of careers and where God is calling us. What we look at is we look at a growth that isn't just focused on one area of our lives, but expands into just all of who we are. The next thing that's really important in terms of why we need Christian community is because it gives us that place and opportunity to experience Jesus and to come into a relationship with God. Everyone who is a professed Christian today is a Christian because somebody else told them about Jesus. I'm a Christian because my family told me about Jesus. You're, if you're listening and you're a Christian, you're a Christian because somebody told you about Christ. Maybe it was one person. Maybe it was a lot of people. Regardless of how it happened, that is the way that we come to become Christians and to have a relationship with Jesus. So it is through holy community that the mission of the church goes forward and through holy community that we all grow. So these are good, really holy things, and I think that's why the devil attacks Christian community as much as he does. I don't know about you, but I have seen so many ministries throughout my life rise and fall, and it's a very discouraging thing when they fall, Um, especially if you've ever been in a ministry, when it starts to crumble down or when something goes awry, it can be extremely Deeply discouraging and harmful. And so, and we're all hurt. We're all damaged by each other's sins. We're all damaged by each other's failures. Um, some of us are hurt in more mild ways. Some of us are hurt in more extreme ways. And so, there's a number of reasons as to why a Christian community could fall or why a ministry could fall apart. And we're going to unpack just a couple of those most classic pitfalls. The first one that we're going to highlight is the lack of outreach and evangelization. Just about anything in life, if you're not moving forwards, you're moving backwards. If you're not growing, you're dying. And particularly the church, if we are not thinking outwardly, thinking about who's not in the room and seeking them, then we're stepping away from our mission. And in doing so, we're, it's like we're cutting the vine and cutting ourselves off of that connection to the mission, off of that true connection to the church. At which point, whether it happens quickly or slowly, we've just signed our death sentence as a ministry, as a community. We've just stepped away from the path of growth and we've stepped onto the path of decline. So basically, the moment we stop evangelizing and the moment we stop reaching out to people who aren't present, that's the moment that we start going backwards. Evangelization is the pulse and the mission of of the church. Sometimes we have sequestered times of leadership development or short-term courses that are indirectly associated with evangelization, where there can be times of specific holy formation. But by and large, those times of formation development should then lead onto evangelization. When we look at what Jesus did is he gathered his 12 disciples and they were set up to specifically help him live out his uh, his main role in life to die and to rise. And then he set them up to launch the global church. So basically they spent three years in kind of tight leadership formation, which we'll get to in just a moment. But back to evangelization and outreach, we need to address why we don't do this, And we oftentimes run away from outreach and run away from evangelization because we're afraid that if we reach out and extend this offer of community and fellowship to someone else, that that means that we're going to lose whatever good thing we have going on. And so instead of focusing outwards, we focus inwards and we close rank and we click. Now, let's just name that we click out of insecurity. We click out of fear. We fail to offer friendship, fellowship, and really a relationship with Christ outwards out of our own insecurity and our fear of what we are going to lose. And this is just so counter to the gospel because God created community. And so when we evangelize, when we bring other people in in any sort of outreach endeavor, what the Lord is setting us up for is not just so that someone else can have a relationship with him, but also that we can have a relationship with them. The first thing God did when he made humanity was make more humanity. He created a family. He put Adam and Eve in community together um, and told them, you know, to be fertile and multiply. Um when he set up the church, he gathered the 12 disciples to be together, not just to learn, but to have each other as brothers kind of going forth on the mission together. So it's a huge lie from the devil that when we expand or when we reach out, that we're going to lose. That is wrong. The opposite is that we have everything to gain. We have friends and family to gain by the mission of the church. And so the devil makes us think that we're going to lose something, um, but really he's trying to keep us out of these wonderful, beautiful, life-saving relationships. Because when we evangelize someone else or we bring somebody into our ministry, even if they're already a Christian, we could be closing them out as well. They are going to have locked up in them treasures that we don't know, ways that they're going to support us, give to us, build us up, and bring us closer to Jesus that we're actually cutting ourselves off from. The next big pitfall I want to highlight is lack of leadership development. Similarly, to a lack of outreach, you know, if you're not going forwards, you're going backwards. Um, If you're not raising up new leaders, you're setting yourself up to get kind of stuck in a rut. We all have gifts. We all have strengths. We all have talents and there's going to be seasons for those strengths and talents to be highlighted and then seasons where we need to pull back and let other people come to the forefront. We get into trouble in ministries, too, when we're not willing to kind of change with the times. It's not uncommon for us to cling to nostalgic moments when something in ministry was really, really working and we were happy. We kind of have these like golden ages of ministerial experience. And so it's human for us to want to go back to those times, to relive them, and always want to bring back the past. But we can't do that. The past is the past. And whatever golden age ended, ended for a reason. It's necessary that we adapt to the needs of today. It's necessary that we think about who is around us, who's present, who's not present, and what are the needs now. And with that, if you or I served really, really well in one season, that's great, and that should be celebrated. But we need to think about ministry and leadership development a little bit more in how we think about scientific development. What I mean by that is in scientific development, one discovery gives way to another, We don't end with one scientific breakthrough and go, that's great. Let's just live in the golden age of that scientific discovery and not do any more research. We've got everything we ever need. We know that's not the case. But instead, when one scientific discovery is made, we take it forward and it builds to the next kind of big breakthrough. So, Our leadership development and our ministry development, we should feel a freedom in following this model of letting one season of ministry, one type of leadership birth the next season and raise up the next leaders. Every time I've raised up leaders, I've been wonderfully humbled by what they bring to the table. There's always this little mixture of something that I taught them, something that I cultivated in them within this whole huge branch of where they've taken it or a gift or an insight that only they have. And at the end of the day, I get to learn from the leaders that I raise up because like we said before, they carry treasures inside them. God has given them insight. He's given them wisdom. He's given them a vision for the future. So I want to encourage you that if you are serving in ministry leadership now, that is great. Praise God for your gift of leadership. But take a look around you and see who could be next and who could be God asking you to cultivate and raise up. The next major pitfall That we experience in Christian ministry or in holy community is in not understanding the boundaries of what we can and cannot do. As we said earlier, a Christian community is a space to point one another to Jesus and a place to grow holistically. But we're not inherently equipped with a team of doctors, psychologists, and experts in addiction and police officers, et cetera. We're any conglomeration of people coming together and striving towards holiness. And so with that, we're going to have our limitations of how we can and cannot serve one another. And we need to know what we are incapable of in order to appropriately resource them for the needs that come up. So a few examples that are common and likely to pop up inside a Christian community is you're likely to bump into issues surrounding mental health, um, possibly addiction, marriage problems, and sometimes issues of abuse. It's excruciatingly important that we do not hyper-spiritualize these problems and act as though simply praying more is going to fix fix the problem for them. The reality is that God wants to heal and deliver, um, in every possible way, but he's a all encompassing God. He made the mind, Um, He works through our talents and skills. He set up the justice system for a reason. And oftentimes when we're in these more crisis moments, he's calling us to get help from outside of ourselves. God's not putting a burden on us saying, you need to pray more and then your problems will be solved. But he's actually saying, come to me and I will give you that rest. He points us in the spirit and in the natural to pathways of freedom. And Christian communities... Get into trouble with these areas when we pendulum swing from, like I said, the over spiritualization and kind of putting the problem back on them, or not doing anything. So we kind of vacillate between one or two approaches of taking uh, way too strong, putting way too strong a hand on the situation when we're not. Actually equipped to care for it or by ignoring it. And these are both very dangerous responses because when we step in too strongly on something that we are not actually equipped to solve, we're just creating more problems for the person and that environment can be set up easily to lead to spiritual abuse. However, doing nothing means that the person is not being cared for by the church and really their Christian community has failed them. And I hate to say that I've seen people walk away from the church uh, because those in their community were not prepared to help them in their time of highest desperation. Instead, we need to be ready to respond to the need appropriately and know what to do when it's beyond our control. It's a very good practice in overseeing a ministry to know what therapists you trust, um, to have a little bit of training or experience to know what are signs of suicide that you need to watch for or what are um, signs that are indicative of maybe like a manic swing or breakdown to know when you might need to take somebody to the hospital, be connected to a safe house, for those who may need to flee an abusive situation. Um, And don't be afraid to tell somebody that you think they may need AA or that they may need marriage counseling. And again, a Christian community, good friendships, sometimes we see the needs in each other and we can offer that support we're supposed to. We're called to offer that support and give that tender care to one another. But it's bad boundaries if we think we can fix a problem that we can't. Ultimately, we're going to hurt the other person more, and we're actually probably going to hurt ourselves in the midst of that as well. Boundaries give way to freedom. So knowing your own capabilities and knowing what you cannot do means that you can actually be set up to help somebody else. So when looking to overcome these pitfalls, how can we maximize our Christian communities instead? So the three things, evangelize, empower, and equip. So evangelize, do what a spiritual community does best and bring people to Jesus. With evangelization, you know, as we're reaching out to those who don't have a relationship with Christ, it's equally important that we reach out to those who have a relationship with Christ, but aren't involved because we really can't grow apart from one another. And so we could be more indirectly harming somebody by not engaging them in our holy community. Um, With that, empowering comes after that. We need to have a growth plan in place so that we don't um, become stagnant or hit a point of development where we can't keep growing sometimes people say we can't reach out anymore we're at capacity you know we can't fit more people in the room or we can't serve more people's needs this is why you need a growth plan this is why you need to be training up leaders continually and regularly the best possible scenario for the world is that you know everybody becomes a Christian at which point we would need how many more churches how many more dioceses how many more bishops we need a growth plan in place. If we don't have a growth plan, that means you're not actually expecting to grow, at which point it would challenge you to consider what you're doing. Lastly, be equipped. Set appropriate holy boundaries on what you can and cannot offer as a Christian community and be prepared to call on others when you're at the end of your own resources and at the end of your own Hypothetical rope. At the end of the day, holy community is God's idea, not ours. And we all need it. We're all desperate for one another. And unfortunately, too few of us truly belong to a holy community and a holy space. And unfortunately, many of us have been harmed um, by small groups or other forms of community um, failing. In one of these ways or in other ways, but this is something that God wants to heal and we can be that healing. God gives us one another so that we may know him In all things lean on the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you.